Somebody shout hallelujah. Beloved, praise the Lord. You are welcome to Biblical Phonesis Season 6. In Season 5, we focus on Nehemiah as a case study to create needed awareness around the godly character, such a godly character that we expect to have credibility, trust, and legacy. In this Season 6, beloved, in this season, we shift to the big picture with a focus on the church itself, the church that is supposed to mold our character, that is supposed to help us to be more, become more credible as leaders and our followers in the household of faith. So our book for this season is titled, What is the Church? It's a popular book. Beloved, what is the church? We get many responses. Of course, we all know Hebrews 10.25 clearly because it says the church is essentially the assembly of the saints. But in this opening episode, we will lay emphasis on the, on the creed that the church is one. In fact, that is the false missing creed. This creed was proposed by our Lord Jesus Christ himself when we, you look at John chapter 17. Jesus gave a prayer of intercession in which he prayed for the church through his disciples. He was praying for the for the church. He was praying for the for, for the disciples, but he was also praying for the church. Some call this prayer of Jesus a priestly prayer. Let us before we go further read John 17 9 to 11. John 17 9 to 11, and I take it from verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for their which thou hast given me for their mind. This is Jesus speaking, beloved. And verse 10 says, And all mine are thine, and thy are mine. I am glorifying them. Verse 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in the mighty name of Jesus. Please keep this verse, this particular verse in mind as we go through the 12 episode of this season of Biblical Phonesis. The key verse for, for, for this episode, this particular episode, is the verse 11 that I have just read. It's the verse 11 that I have just read. Beloved, I repeat the verse 11 again. It says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. That is, was the prayer of Jesus. So from this verse, we see that Jesus Christ requested that God should make his people, you and I, his disciples, one. This is a prayer for Christian unity, no doubt. It's a prayer for apostolic, apostolic uni, unity, no doubt. Yet today, the church is more divided and fragmented at every level of analysis than at any time in church history. The crisis is so much that some in the church, in the faith today, we ask, what is the church after all? Perhaps after some unpalatable experience, they ask, what is the church? Is this truly a church? May the Lord help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, let's, beloved, let's look at history quickly so that we understand. Beloved, 
History shows us that from the ancient church council in Nisan, we have four terms that we can use to describe the church. Number one is the fact that the church is one. Number two, the church is holy. Number three, the church is Catholic, meaning it is universal. We are not saying that the church is the Roman Catholic church, no. But the church is universal. Number four, and the church is apostolic. We shall examine these four terms, one after the other in this season of biblical finances. These terms essentially defines the nature of the church of Jesus Christ. However, in this episode, we'll focus on the false creed, which is the church is one. Again, if you speak to some worker or minister, they will tell you, really, is the church one? Do you believe the church is one? Why would people think this way? It is because of what we are seeing in modern day churches around us. Our modern day realities do not fit that definition or description of the church, that the church is one. Why Jesus prayed that God make the church one or unify the church is followers, church leaders and laymen and church and followers, you and I, I dare say, strive daily to make it otherwise. We strive against each other to make it otherwise. Beloved, how do we respond to Jesus' prayer for unity of the church, as indicated in John 17, 11, that we use as a key verse in this episode. How do we respond to this ancient declaration of the church council? Some Christians before us have many responses. Yes, because division in the church is not today. Some Christians before us have tried to unify the church through what they call the economical, economical movement to the World Church church Council or a similar council like that. The World Council of Churches. That council tried to unify the church. However, the reverse was the case. The council ended up with more splitter groups. Sadly, beloved, when two churches or more mutual match, certain people, our leaders, do not agree with the merger or the concept of the merger. And so they leave the newly formed church to create a new church that aligns with their views or interests. In fact, today, especially in the developing world, some churches are springing up not because they want the church to be one, but because of unpleasant reasons. Some can be linked to dishonest personal gain. So in, the, so in their effort to have fewer churches, our previous leaders, through the economical movement, they end up having more churches. So, oneness that Jesus Christ prayed for was elusive. It eluded those leaders. Another reason why the church keeps mushrooming and the church is not one is pluralism, according to that book. And pluralism hinders the oneness of the church. What is pluralism? Pluralism is a worldview that allows diversity of perspectives and doctrines to coexist side by side within a single body, within a single mission. For example, having divergent views and doctrinal perspectives in the same mission, maybe 
redeemed Christian Church of God, or Winners Chapel. Thankfully, we don't do that in the redeemed Christian Church of God. So, pluralism is gaining ground because of missions want to keep the peace and unity while allowing or accommodating conflicting views within the same mission, within the same church. The challenge is, as you may have expressed yourself, the challenge is the fact that as a church becomes more pluralistic, accommodating more divergent views, the number of contradictory views mushroom, they become more, and they increase, and eventually they become unmanageable. So in churches like this, people will strive to keep the church visibly united while cracks increases on the inside. And at times, some of those cracks will surface. And we can say, see this in some of our orthodox churches around all over the world. Beloved, pluralism has a price. The price is paid in resources and the detrimental impact on souls in such a mission. In fact, the end result is also, is also more churches in any case because there will be splitter groups. There will be different fellowships coming out of that mission. So, again, one is that Jesus prayed for in John 17, 11, will be elusive yet again. Then, thirdly, the third reason why oneness of the church or unity in the church is, is, a, is, is a major concern and is not reachable from the majority today is because of the antics of false leaders. F-A-L-S-E, false leaders. As we have true leaders, we have false leaders. Beloved, the consequences of having false leaders in the church, the consequence on the prayer of Jesus Christ in John 17, 11, is all around us. It's all around us. We can live it. Some of us have lived it before. Thank God for his grace because we are still rooted in the faith. From having a majesty general overseers to stomach infrastructure prophets, some of them will move from one fold, from one pulpit ministry, from being a prophet today to an apostle tomorrow. Next tomorrow you are an evangelist, etc., etc. These signs are written all over in newspapers, and we see it or see them on TVs and YouTube channels daily. So if someone asks you why do you why do you belong to a church? This is a reflective question. If someone asks you why do you belong to a church, what would be your response? You are not to respond to me. Just think about it yourself. Today, not many can give a straight answer to this simple question. Why do you belong to a church? This is because people cannot really respond today because people have the tendency to flee between churches today. The tendency today is, to, is, to, is for people to go where they like the pastor. Now, it is the pastor they are looking on to know Jesus Christ. It is the tendency today is for people to look, to go to where they like the preaching or the music or a particular outreach program 
Often people are comfortable moving from one church to another without paying attention to what these churches believe. What is their doctrine? This is indeed very sad. So the proliferation of false teachers or leaders as clearly predicted in Matthew 24-24 has made revolving doors of movement between churches a permanent feature of our time. Matthew 24-24 says, For false messiahs and false prophets we appear and perfect and perform great signs and wonders to deceive if possible, even the elect. May the Lord help us in the mighty name of Jesus. So the lack of meekness, the lack of kindness, the lack of gentleness, and of course, the absence of unconditional love, agape love, in the fold, in that's the prayer of Jesus. Because when all these things are missing, then you will see the antis of first leaders at its best. Beloved, let us conclude this first episode of season six of biblical furnaces when jesus prayed to god in john 17 11 that his disciples may be one he prayed for unity and oneness of the church when apostle paul also prayed he prayed for unity apostle paul you recall never met jesus christ in real life but he spoke of unity in ephesians 4 5 when he says I mentioned the following word, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. With these three words, he referred to unity and oneness in the church. In both instances, instances of Jesus Christ praying and Apostle Paul referring to unity, unity was referred to as cardinal and core. To Christianity. It was not superficial. It's not a spirit of superficial. So, it is called to our confession as Christians. It is a unified confession of faith in the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. However, as we close this episode, sadly, as we unpack this season of biblical furnaces, the oneness of the church is broken where it should be found most in the unity of the gospel. Beloved, let us pray. Father, thank you for a promising new season of BP. We thank you for this episode on oneness in the church. Lord God, remove all elements of pluralism and force leaders destroy the unity of the church in our midst in the name of Jesus. Father, upon the prayer of Jesus in John 17 11, let all disciples, true disciples of Christ, be one in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every one of us be Jesus was precious. Whenever I call your name, you make a way. Your name is a strong tower. Jesus, way Beloved, if you enjoyed this episode, please like us on our various media platforms and also join us. Uh, the Redeemed Christian Church of God Restoration House online or on site in Blue 40 South Africa. We welcome comments from you. Please use all our platforms on Facebook as well as YouTube. Till we come to you in the next episode of Biblical Phonesis. May the Lord keep you safe and blessed. 
May he shower you with divine wisdom daily to succeed in the mighty name of Jesus.